to the week six recap of the Eyes on Big podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter. I'm at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Uh, if Big Kurt's voice or my voice sounds a little bit gravelly today... It might have something to do with the multiple bourbons that I had last night at midnight, probably was, before I finally called it an evening. Yeah, um, I visited many countries last night. Uh, started in in Ireland, which is whiskey. Uh, went to Germany, beer into Kentucky, bourbon. Back to Germany at the game. Went to the Iowa Minnesota game yesterday, which obviously we're going to talk about. Back to Kentucky at the end of the night. Oof, and that's always a bad no, decision. No, the, um, the general rule is you can only visit two countries a night, and you yeah. you can only start in one country, go to the second country. You gotta stay just there. Stay there. You can't you can't be bouncing around. No. Like uh, so I just made one transition. I went from a, a good American IPA over to. Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Yeah, I I just I got to the game and I wanted to keep uh, keep the feels rolling, and there was a beer stand right behind our seats, mm. so that's pretty much. We have surly, so uh, surly hell. Yes, nice. They're, okay, they're lager. That's about the only surly yeah. I, I drink. To be mm. honest with you, but man, um, I'm not gonna bore listeners with my personal details. But last night, my my parents came up from Iowa, looked after the kids, the wife and I, and some of our best friends including big kurt uh we're out just one of the top five nights i've ever had out in minneapolis is an absolute blast i was having so much fun chatting with your your illinois buddy yeah yeah and uh then i got the text from the wife that i had to leave and i just like <laughs> like a little kid you know coming home party's over yeah let's let's go down the eisman candidates for this week starting with jonathan taylor running back from Wisconsin, 221 yards and three touchdowns. Adrian Martinez, quarterback for Nebraska, 24-42 passing, 384 yards, two touchdowns. Also ran for a touchdown with 57 yards on the ground. Clayton Thorson, Northwestern University quarterback, 31-47 passing for 373 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. And finally, the mainstay here, Dwayne Haskins, 33-44 for 455 Six touchdowns and two interceptions. Who are you going with? Um, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah. There is a part of me that thinks maybe I shouldn't pick him because basically he was running against the JV defense on mm. Saturday night. Um, you should also, already getting our digs in on Nebraska. Huh? Well, I, they're they're on five. And, yeah. Um, but and I think along with Jonathan Taylor, you should also give the. Eisman to the Wisconsin offensive line. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, there was explosive plays, too, and Jonathan Taylor is a big part of that. So, yeah, that, that'll get my vote. And, and I, I want it to typically be in a win and somewhat of a big game that matters to me, and I think a lot of that, all that applies. I'm glad you said that, which is why I'm picking Clayton Thorson. Okay. I mean, he basically was asked to win that game by himself and did. Yeah. He threw a couple picks, but – 373 yards, three touchdowns, and a huge win over Michigan State. So I'm yep. going Clayton. And then just a couple. You don't have to go through all their stats, but we had yeah, some sure. like, honorable mention guys. So it was just a big stat day for a lot of It was of guys a huge stat time. day. So I wanted to point out that J.D. Spielman, wide receiver from Nebraska, had nine catches, 209 yards, which is a program record. I think he broke his own record. Right. Uh, had a touchdown there. Paris Campbell, he's he's been uh, all over the place this year. Nine catches, 142 yards, two touchdowns. And then – Another huge one, one of the reasons Clayton Thorson had such a big day, Flynn Nagel, 10 catches, 111 yards. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so big, big uh, um, uh, statistic games by a lot of players. A lot of big scores on the board just around the league in general. Yep. So we will go ahead and, and jump right into the week six slate. <laughs> Eighth-ranked Penn State is on by as well as Purdue. Uh, so going right back down uh, the list that we talked about on the last podcast, somewhat chronological, uh, we will start out with the first game, Illinois 38, Rutgers 17. Illinois had 419 yards of total offense to Rutgers 386. So the good news is, uh, I don't know if you want to call this the nervous bowl, 
something like that yeah. for the coaches. Lovey Smith wins the Nervous Bowl. He gets the big. He can loosen his sphincter just a little bit. Yeah. I saw somebody on the message board said something that was hilarious, uh, talking about how uptight he is in general. Yeah. Said you couldn't pull a needle out of his butthole with a tractor. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty good. That's even better than the lump of coal diamond one that you yeah. typically go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Where do we get started here? Uh, great day on the ground for the Illini offense again. I mean, I think this running attack that they have is a legit Big Ten running attack. We're, we're halfway through the season. They can run the ball. Yeah, 330 yards against, uh, you know, not such a great Rutgers defense, but they're better against the run than the pass. Did look really rusty. A.J. Bush at quarterback coming back um, after two and a half games off. And they speaking they of were runs, way that off. Runny, long r- touchdown run he had, he made, he made Rutgers defenders look like they were stuck in quicksand. And that's why he's the starter right there. I mean, a lot of Illini fans want M.J. Rivers, the freshman. Come on, man. That the, Bush, Bush makes huge Bush plays. doesn't have the most fluid throwing motion no, in the entire he does world. Not. It, it looks awkward when he's left-handed. That's always weird. Yeah. For, for, but, hey, he's a dual-threat guy, and he, he's – very good at running the ball for, for absolutely throughouts and you know he easily won the competition in the spring and I, I, I'm confident that he'll settle in at quarterback he, he just needed he, he just needs a little more time uh to to brush things up let's also point out Reggie Corbin 11 carries 137 yards and then Mike Epstein had 63 yards yeah they were running all over the place yep um, and I you got to think Rutgers knew that that's what they wanted to do in the game plan they still couldn't stop them yeah and you know Moving over to the defensive side for Illinois, this is something I didn't mention in the last podcast, but they get killed by by mobile quarterbacks. Their defensive ends are horrible covering that read option, so they didn't have to worry about that this week. That's one of the reasons they were able to at least slow down Rutgers offensively. Uh, What was your thoughts in general of of the Illini here? Yeah, uh, to be honest, this is pretty much what I pictured in my head. I I thought Illinois was the better team. I thought – there yeah. was two lines that right when they came out, they were off. This was one that was off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Rutgers did turn the ball over three times, which obviously assisted a great deal for Illinois. Yeah. But even if you take the turnovers away, they, they still Illinois win this was game. The better, was the better team. They were easily the, the better team. Now, what I was disappointed in, at the end of the first half, I just wanted them to step Crush on their throats. Boot on the throat. And they did not do that. They had their chance, dropped a pass in the end zone, hit the receiver in a bad place right between the numbers, dropped it, and then what does Rutgers do? Takes the ball and methodically drives right down the field and scores a touchdown to, to, make, to pull within two scores. And on that drive, Art Sitkowski looked like Tom Brady. And he, was, he looked like he was throwing to Mark Bavaro. How about that for <laughs> ooh, a Rutgers ooh. reference there? Um their their tight end, who's not even their starting tight end, Travis Vokalek. Uh, their starter is um, that transfer from Miami, Washington, okay. Jerome Washington. He, I mean, he was just all over the, just crossing routes right down the field. It it was Sitkowski thrown to him like it was just practice. Mm, I'm and, having I'm having wet dreams right now about Iowa's tight ends playing Illinois later in the year. Well, you you want to know something? They did something very unusual it's it was groundbreaking they adjusted <laughs> to the crossing pattern and and stopped it from there on out nice. uh, why they didn't adjust mid-drive i mean they were getting killed just call a timeout if you have to sure but no they just let them march right down the field well, but eventually took it away speaking of adjustments uh finally big kurt and jeffrey the greek made some adjustments and we actually picked against Rutgers, and we, we got it right very proud, very proud of both of us here for finally. Finally. Yeah. Um, and a couple other things you want to add? Well, gonna... what do we say about Rutgers here? Where, where do you go from here? Um, you know, I did, I missed something on the earlier podcast as well. I did a little research on Chris Ash and whether or not he's on the hot seat. Chris Ash, not on the hot seat. Okay. He has a $10 million buyout right now. Yeah, $10 million, um, Wow. And, and, you know, for Ohio State, Michigan, that's not that much. Rutgers isn't even getting a full share of the Big Ten money yet. So they cannot afford a $10 million buyout. I think the fans are a little bit restless, but I think they're also kind of taking the Illinois approach. Look, this is a long rebuild. we just got to be patient. Okay. So Chris Ash, I do not think, even if he does not win another game, I don't think he's getting fired this year. 
So to go into the record, uh, that moves Illinois to three and two and one and one in the Big Ten. And I just want to point out the only losses by Illinois mm-hmm. are to number eight ranked Penn State, yep. where they had a lead in the second half, correct, and ranked USF, where they. Not only not had a uh, lead in the second half, they should have won that game. It basically came down to a blown coverage is yeah. why they lost that game. Yeah. Yeah. And I know fandom takes over for, for everybody, including Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt. You were a little, I don't know, down in the dumps with the win I yesterday. I kind of tried to I snap wouldn't say you I was back. Down like, in like, the dumps, dude, but out. it was probably it's probably the least good I've ever felt after a twenty one point victory. Okay. If that if that tempers it a little bit but and i did get the over by the way the total it went way over the total and i picked illinois as well so nice yeah double doozy had, there we both had good days there uh, as far as Rutgers, and moves them to one in five overall oh and three in the big 10 as far as them making a bowl game over man it's game over they might realistically go one and eleven in fact right now they're I gonna go one and eleven would statistically expect yeah. them to go one and eleven uh, good thing Chris Ash has a good agent because right now he does not have a good football team. No, he does not. All right, moving on to the next game. The surpriser of the day, I would say. Definitely. Northwestern, 29, Michigan State, 19. It was a 10-point spread for this game, but the other way. So this was mm-hmm. a surpriser. Northwestern with 381 yards of total offense to Michigan State's 425. So Michigan State actually had more yards. Probably one of the big reasons Michigan State had more yards last week on the podcast when we talked about uh, um, what we expected from this game. Mm -hmm. We expected uh, no rushing attack by Northwestern. Uh, There wasn't. They ran the ball 20 times for a total of of eight yards. Unbelievable. So Michigan State's defense, which was already – Number one in the nation and rush defense just got better. Supplants or or you know, cements it even more. But as we already talked about on the Eisman candidates, they knew that Clayton Thorson had to take this yep. game over. Northwestern gave him the ball, and Clayton Thorson took it over. So we we did not really expect Michigan State to run the ball that well either. Let's let's um, mention that, and they they ran okay, but they pretty much dedicated themselves to the pass. This was so this is uh three in a row in this series for Northwestern. Yeah. They've kind of got Michigan I State's to, number. I, I had said after we recorded the podcast last week, um I said, "Dang it, I forgot to point out that I think this is the only team that Michigan State seniors have played twice that they haven't beat." So they're mm. 0 and 2 already. So the Michigan State seniors will finish 0 and 3 versus Northwestern. And again, you have got to give Northwestern credit. It, it is Pat Fitzgerald. Absolutely. Again, it's one of those I always think of the quote <laughs> I mean, from Anchorman. I don't have to like you, but I dang well respect you. Yep. That is Fitzgerald's teams are never going to quit. Nope. And I, I mean that in the game, and I mean For that the in the season. Yep. He is a witch of a, of a, a motivator. Yep. He's got smart players that play hard, Absolutely. that do things the right way. Typically speaking, if they win the turnover battle, and in this case have a quarterback yep. that is is going to be on fire and obviously is projected to be an a NFL talent, they've always got a chance. Yep, and good news for Wildcat fans. They've got another quarterback next year that they'll have three more seasons probably of, of excellent quarterback play. Correct. But you're right. I mean, he always gets this team ready to play. It doesn't matter how many injuries they have. Somehow they always, you know, even, even if, I mean, eight yards rushing. So nobody's stepping up at the running back position but somehow they get it done it's just incredible and you would think that wouldn't play out very well for the rest of the season typically speaking in october and november in the big 10 it's a very good idea to be able to run the ball to be able to win some of these games um but again you got to give northwestern a lot of credit for pulling things around and then on the michigan state side of things um i don't say we got like a lot of flack but for me and you we've consistently had Iowa ranked ahead of Michigan yeah. State. Um, I've seen some places, even last week going into this, that had Maryland ranked in front of Michigan State. Sure. I don't think – I think we have seen they're, – they're, what we've seen on the field bore out again with Michigan State. There has been something off Something's with this off. team. It's just a lackluster year, year for them. I mean, obviously, the O-line has been banged up. I think that's – Injuries in general have definitely affected Michigan they've State. They've had probably more injuries, maybe them in Wisconsin, than, than other teams in the Big Ten. So 
that's one of the problems is the offensive line is just not getting it done. And they're asking Lewerke to have to do too much. Too much. And he, he just can't do it all on his own. Now, back to Northwestern, they really needed some guys to step up this week. And who did? Cam Green had a great game. Nice touchdown on that wheel route. J.J. Jefferson, he's a freshman wide receiver, had a touchdown. Um, of course, we mentioned Flynn Nagel. Did you notice their running back, who their running back was? Drake Anderson, did you see that? The Anderson, last name, Northwestern, Damian Anderson's kid. Really? Yeah. Really? But he's a true freshman, and he's an undersized running back. He's okay. about 185 pounds. So okay. he's not a guy they want out there, but he had to be out there. Because that's how far down they are. That's just how how bad it's getting for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, congrats to Clayton Thorson. I mean, I feel like he. They just said, "Hey, buddy, you got to go win this one for us." Northwestern fans, you can come out of the basement and see the light again. Things are are still going on. This win moves Northwestern to two and three overall, two and one in the Big Ten because they still have one more big game, non conference game out there. As far as Michigan State, that moves them down to three and two, one and one in the Big Ten, and will knock Sparty out of the top twenty-five. And to be honest, yeah. I don't see him getting back in anytime. I don't, soon. but I could see him playing spoiler at some point to somebody this year. Yeah, I mean, with that defense, they could sneak up on. I mean, it could be Michigan, yep. maybe Ohio State. Somebody maybe Penn that State. wants you to take the run game away and make them play left-handed could definitely yep uh, make a difference. Okay. Up next, the game that I was lucky enough to attend, Iowa 48, Minnesota 31. Iowa had 420 yards of total offense to Minnesota's 320. And, Kurt, what is the cheer when Iowa plays Minnesota? What do we eat? What do we eat? Go for me. Go for me. How do we like it? How do we like it? Raw, raw, raw. Okay. I'm sorry I heard that. <laughs> Um, and we'll get, we'll get a couple more of those in as the time goes. But anyways, um, so yeah, at the game, um, <laughs> just rewatched the game, uh, this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say there was quite a bit of the, uh, late third quarter, fourth quarter that was fuzzy for me. It was almost kind of yeah. like watching it the first time with the amount of surly hells that I ingested <laughs> while I was at, at the bank, TCF bank. <laughs> Uh, field, enjoy but, it for the first time again. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I don't know. This maybe was one of the more fun games of the day to to watch just because there was, was a lot, yep. of, lot of offense being scored. Um, uh, some of the stuff that kind of jumped out at me when I kind of dug into it a lot is, is, you know, Minnesota had 11 yards rushing at half. Mm. Um, I don't think dominated is the right word, but I think Iowa yeah. handled Minnesota in every Absolutely. aspect except for uh, football players named uh, uh, Johnson or Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Minnesota has two good wide receivers. They do. Iowa was down at times to their third, fourth, and fifth string cornerbacks in the game couple guys banged up that i didn't even know about until okay. coming late in, into the game we had heard they were banged up okay but we had heard they were coming back all of a sudden right before the game it's one of those bad days where you wake up and then twitter breaks and you're like oh my god we're down we're down cornerbacks and, and players right. so then suddenly i'm looking at you know the matchup and i'm like well if i'm minnesota i'm just gonna chuck the ball all over the field to their talented wide receivers to move the yep. ball in iowa and that's exactly what they and did and so uh i'm glad you brought that up because early in the game i'm watching it and i'm thinking oh man riley moss this poor kid he's just getting worked by bateman i'm like this is going to be a long long day for him that's Comes what up all with that's two what interceptions. all yeah that's what all of hawkeye twitter was saying and then yeah oh, like man. you said boom he he kept battling came back yeah. and then wound up having actually had a damn good a pretty, game a pretty good game yeah um Julius Brents is the other cornerback, true freshman. Okay. He was their highest-ranked recruit out okay. of Indianapolis. I already thought he looked good on TV. Mm-hmm. I had really good seats for this game. I was close to that. That guy is an absolute stud. He yeah. looks like a gazelle running out there. He had a, a great game uh, for the most part. Um, you know, Finished with a 420 to 320-yard advantage. It was more than mm-hmm. that at, at points in the game. Um, Iowa – gave uh, Minnesota a short field twice. And when I'm saying short, I mean we basically hand, handed them two turnovers. Yeah, uh, that bad Stanley interception. 
Yeah, so then I uh, just a minute ago when uh, uh, Big Kurt and I were discussing the Eisman candidates, I uh, he he controls that. Uh, yes. By the way, that's that's his baby, and uh, I threw out, "Are you going to put Stanley on there?" And, and he, I said, "No." You poo pooed it. Um, I just want to point out two things. Number one, yes, that interception he threw it at atrocious. the end of the first half was one of the worst passes I've ever seen an Iowa quarterback yeah. ever throw in the million of hours of of Iowa football I've watched. However. Up to that point, he had three touchdowns and over 200 yards in the first half. He was yeah. absolutely shredding Minnesota's beaten up secondary the whole the whole first half until then. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely had a good game. I was just getting frustrated with him a, a couple times during the game. Hmm. Uh, there was that interception, but there's another play in the first half that he had kind of a boneheaded play. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I, I, I mean. But he bounced back and had a great game. Let's, yeah. I, I'll admit that. I mean, I, I think it was pretty obvious pretty quick that so, so a lot has been made that Minnesota, or Iowa could not run the ball very well. Wound up yeah. with over 100 yards rushing. Well, on, what happened? On a Minnesota good, sold out to, to, to stop the run. Right. I and, mean, and that's then, what they did. So what did they do? They left themselves sure. open for Stanley. He picked them apart. Right. So, if you don't have the right quarterback to make those plays, and another thing, you, if you don't have the right receivers to make those plays. Right. So everybody knows about Iowa's tight ends and, and sure. both Noah Fant. And Hockaday definitely uh, made their appearances, yep. but um, um, the wide receivers looked really good too. Amir Smith, Marset, long mm -hmm. touchdown run. Yep. Brandon Smith had a had a breakout day forever. Finally looked like a freak. I don't know if you saw the catch he made where he made it over the Minnesota D backs, uh, uh, caught it over. His oh back, yeah, that was pretty around cool. His back. Yeah. That that made a uh, Sports Center top ten last night. Nice. Anyways, long story short. It was a blast to watch the Iowa passing game break out. Well, I'm sure. And conversely, Iowa stopping the Minnesota run game, and then you got a freshman quarterback just back there making mistakes. And that and that's and that was one of the th reasons I was confident in this game going into it. Sure. Rivalry games always make you nervous, especially when you live in the city where the rivalry game takes place and you have a lot of Gopher buddies. Uh, by the way, saw a bunch of my Gopher buddies there. They were they were great, like like they they typically are. Um, Minnesota was more impressive to me than I maybe thought mm. at times. Okay. Um, their offensive line is okay. Yeah. It, it, it got, it got, it got worked up five sacks, I believe. Yeah. Um, so Anthony Nelson was all over the field. I almost yesterday. put him on the, the Eisman yeah. list. Yeah. We should three, probably work to get some defenders. Three on sacks, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he, he beat those tackles up. He did. Um, well, that's, that's the weakness of their line. They, they're, they're not great in pass protection. Yeah. The Gophers but aren't. better in, in the running game. And that's yeah. what I was going to talk to the mm -hmm. Scott Ever package yes. made several appearances. I tell you what, that is something that they need to look to do more and more often because I think I was got a pretty darn good front seven, definitely yep. a good D line. They were picking up four or five yards when they wanted to out of that package a lot. Yeah, Scott Evil had a rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, Did throw a pick when they tried to throw out of it once. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, that is a, a good um, way to mix it up for, for PJ. How many captains are on the Minnesota team? Did you notice that? <laughs> I did. It's like every other player has a C on their chest. I, I And then I'm thinking, well, maybe there's like a captain for each unit like maybe a defensive line cap but then there's multiple d linemen that have captaincies hmm. i mean it was all never it's just something that. i it's something i just noticed in that game c's all over the place now you know I, I was listening to pj's presser and something stuck out to me here he said something to the effect of we the lost to a more mature team and i think you know if you're a gopher fan you need to understand this is still a ver very young team in fact, I think you take Anikstad, put him in the, the DeLorean, flux up the flux capacitor, and get him like two years from now and put him in this game, th that's that's a pretty even-matched game. Yeah, um, maybe. If, if it's I, – I still felt like the uh, any quarterback in his place would have struggled yesterday with that offensive line and yeah. Iowa's D-line. Like – I, I want to give him credit for being tough. He took some yes, shots he did. Absolutely. in that game. He's got a bum ankle, or, and he just kept getting back out there and, and, and throwing. He, he's a tough kid, mm -hmm. so he deserves credit for that. I do understand what you're saying as far as you can see flashes of the good stuff. Yeah. As the game went on, you started to get a sense of, you know, he's he's was close to making a couple bad throws, then, mm -hmm. then they just came on the last – 
uh, pick he threw. I mean, Minnesota was only down 14 points yeah. at that time. It was in the fourth quarter, but they still had a chance. They go down and sure. you know score there. It's a it's a one score game. Once he threw that one, that was Riley Moss's second pick. That pretty much sealed it up. That was a bad freshman quarterback throw. Yeah. Uh, so back to PJ. His presser was tough to listen to, man. He's talking about like crops and and like different. Some crops. Volt boy, Volt boy did not have his A game presser going. No, he didn't. You know, I was starting to. He was starting to warm up to me a little bit, and then I listened to this presser, and I'm I'm back off the the PJ bandwagon. It, um, it was a tough listen. He had some good things to say actually about uh, Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa staff this yeah, he week, did. and so that was kind of cool to see. But I'm gonna tell you one thing: between uh, Iowa staffs and Minnesota staffs, they're not no uh, love there, loss. There. There's no love loss there. Hey, how about Kirk Ferentz, the gambler, on yeah. that that uh, fake field goal there? Herky. Herky, that's the play call that uh, pretty cool play. I think the coolest part about it was the the center left-handed snapping. I mean, you watch that play. That's not an easy no, it's, like it, it's not throw yeah. to be able to flip flip it over to Hawkinson to be able to yep. run it in like that. So and one cool. more thing, awesome hit at the end of the game by Amani Jones. And Did you see it? It was a, such a great, clean football hit, and of course, uh, targeting. Did the walk of shame. He's suspended for the first half of next Which game. Which is huge because Iowa lost um, uh, Hockaday. I think I called Hawkinson Hockaday earlier. So uh, Hockaday was our starting middle linebacker. Sure. Yep. He is out. I think he's got like some okay. little bit of a knee tear. Yeah, he we're, looked we're, bad. We, we are down to the bare nut uh, for linebackers. <laughs> yeah. Who they got right next week? Now. Uh, Indiana. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that won't be so easy. We'll talk more about that, obviously, next week. So, Yeah, great job, Amani Jones. You get Big Kurt's approval for yep. that awesome hit. It was just it was Clean, one of those where awesome I, hit. I stood up and like screamed as it, as it happened in yes. my basement. It was great. It's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. People, it's ridiculous. So, okay, with the win, that moves Iowa to 4-1 and one overall, 1-1 one and one in the Big Ten. Still not ranked. No, of course not. Cincinnati's ranked in front of Iowa, but you Cincinnati know, not would, Iowa. would crush Iowa. <laughs> uh, then the loss moves Minnesota to 3-2, and 0-2 oh in the Big Ten. Going to be some interesting couple games next week. Not not such a great matchup. Ohio State probably would move uh, Minnesota to 3-3, three and three, so it'll be interesting to see how Minnesota's uh, second half of the season comes after that. So, All right, speaking of Ohio State, they won 49 to 26 over Indiana. The Buckeyes, a robust day at the office. 609 Oof. yards of total offense. However, gave up 406 yards yeah. to Indiana. Um, something to point out here is we pointed this out before the season even started about gaps on Ohio State's defense. And we keep saying yep. they get gashed, they're going to fix it. They, they get gashed, up. they're going to fix yep. it. I think we are, we're halfway into the year right now. They may now. not fix it. I mean, this might be who the Ohio State they Buckeyes just, are. They give Grace up Shiano big plays. knows how to coach defense. There might not just be the ponies in place right now to make it work. Yeah, I mean, they do have – they're not getting great linebacker play. They're getting breakdowns in the defensive backfield. Peyton Ramsey had himself a heck of a game here. 322 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, obviously, Ohio State's not a, a team you're going to run well against, so they asked him to throw the ball, and, and he did pretty damn well. With five minutes left in the first half, Indiana was up 17-14. to 14. At half, it was 21-17. to 17. Uh, Ohio State got a yep. score in. Um, they wouldn't go away. Then it was 28 to 20 in the third quarter. Indiana is a better team than anybody's giving them credit for. Absolutely. Uh, outside the eyes on big podcasts, of course, but they're, they're good. They're good. They're a good, solid team. They're not bad. I mean, typically run the ball pretty well. They averaged four yards per run on the ground against a, you know, top notch defense. Love their receiving core. It's like it doesn't matter who's out there. They're they're all productive. And and Peyton Ramsey doesn't care who he's throwing to. He doesn't favor any receivers. He he doesn't care who it is. He'll throw it to him. Yeah, just a couple other things to point out. Um, as far as uh, the the Ohio State passing attack, they they go dink 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 when they are taking their shots. <laughs> their receivers aren't just open. They are wide ass open. Yeah, every single time it seems like, and yeah. obviously Haskins has got the cannon to just throw it to him. I'm starting to wonder: is anybody going to keep? I mean, TCU did a good job, and yeah, and for Penn State did a good job, but in some of these other games, is anybody 
to get a step up and keep Haskins away from from the Tech Mobile numbers he's putting up. I I don't think so. I mean, maybe Michigan. When yeah, they get to Michigan. Um, Michigan, Michigan State, State maybe Michigan State. Guess, yeah, but, but Stevie yeah. Scott nine carries, sixty four yards. Didn't utilize him a whole lot, but averaged seven point one per carry there. Yeah. So, kinda what we expected this game to look like is we did say we thought Indiana would would hang around, make it respectful. They certainly yep. did that. But in the end, it's the old adage: Ohio State just has more talent, you yeah. know, than Indiana, and that's how it played out. And so we both took Indiana. Yep. Um. By the way, Tom Allen. I really like him. Yeah, the boob is coming around. I, that, I know yeah. you call him the boob, but, man, he got so excited yeah. on the sideline. I think maybe they they hit a field goal or maybe Ohio State missed, and he was just – He loves his job. He does, man. Said about yeah, that, I man. like the guy. So, with the win, that moves Ohio State to 6-0 and overall, the only undefeated team in the Big Ten. 2-0 and in the Big Ten. They are ranked number three. Um, Indiana moves them to 4-2. and Overall, one and two in the Big Ten, and actually I was wrong. Uh, Ohio State's three and zero in the Big Ten. All right, on to the next game: Wisconsin forty-one, Nebraska twenty-four. Wisconsin with a robust five hundred and thirty-three yards of total offense. Nebraska again five hundred and eighteen yards yeah. of total offense. Um, my first thought is with watching this game, um, every Nebraska game kind of looks like the same Nebraska game. Yeah, I mean, at least when Martinez is out there and, yeah, and yeah, healthy, yeah. Um, not You're so right. much with Bunch. But, yeah, I mean, there there is nothing wrong with their offense. To be, I mean, to be honest with you, there's a compliment in there, I think, to, Minnesota, uh, to uh, Nebraska because they're getting teams to play their game. You yeah. know, like it's not like, you know, I mean, it, it, nobody's controlled them. Again, when Adrian Martinez has been right. uh, the the quarterback, I think he's getting healthier and healthier. Yep, um, they're 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 putting up yards, but and then on the other side of it, it's just, just atrocious. I, I mean, mean three hundred seventy yards rushing. I know this is great. Seven point seven per yards attempt a rush. Oh, that's, Mercy, that's crazy good. And so at that point, you don't have to throw the ball, and they really didn't. Only one hundred sixty three yards through the air because why throw it if you can run it? Yeah, and just gash them like that. Um. There were times when it looked like there wasn't a Nebraska defensive lineman in in the TV picture. Right. Within two or three seconds after snapping the ball, yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was what you we we expected it to to be. Their defensive line is equivalent to the Rutgers offensive line. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That's how bad it looks at it at times. Um. Okay. I don't know if you saw this. Guess how many penalties Nebraska had. Oh. Uh, Keep in mind, they've had yeah. 10, 11, 10, 11. I don't remember. Four. Ten oh for 100 gosh. yards. I don't remember that. I yes. So they did it again. They did it again. So they've <laughs> Just... got to be. They've, that's still, I mean, we'll have to look it up. That still has to be. So they've not been one, in. One, probably the bottom 10 in the country again. I would think so. Penalties. So they have not been in single digits for number of penalties in a game yet. Not in the single digits. Correct. And maybe you, you cut down the personal fouls in this game, but I, I don't care what the, the level of play is, high school, college, to pro. Mm-hmm. If you are consistently hurting yourself by making second and 10, second and 15, yeah. you know, uh, given the, the other team five more yards and making their third down more manageable, whatever it is, that stuff plays. There are people, and I think they are very dumb football people okay Okay. i'm not saying nebraska fans i'm saying they just think penalties aren't that big of a deal they are a big deal absolutely this is a big part of the game um so martina is not really what you what we kind of expected you know coming into the season 24 or 42 for 384 yards it's not it's not the martinez i expected right and and i mean that in a good way um he's his throwing ability is just even better than anticipated right um yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor, like we mentioned, big day, running the uh, uh, ball. So how many? What were his three touchdowns at? Three yards out, twenty-one yards out, mm-hmm. eighty-eight yards out. There were other. It was like he was breaking off. Jonathan, yeah, eight to twenty-eight yard runs almost every other time he, right. he touched the ball. So the eighty-eight yarder that was, I think that's his longest of his career that he's that he's had. And so he far. looked fast. In the, on that point. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to take anything away from Adrian Martinez and what he's doing. He is, if he's healthy, 
he is going to put up massive, massive stats yeah. and yards. Um, it's almost like I, I, I don't know how to word this, but it's almost like a desperate type of offense. I still don't feel a real rhythm with yeah. what they're doing in offense. They're literally just giving ball Adrian Martinez right. and playing street ball. And they only ran twenty four times. Thirteen of those were Martinez. Correct. I, I, That's what I'm saying. They're not running the ball. And of yeah, course that, that gets down to their defensive line is really, really bad. Their offensive line is not a whole heck of a lot yeah. better. But uh, I think teams have been able to run a little bit on Wisconsin. I was just surprised that they And didn't. we should point out that I mean, going into the second quarter, this was this was a low scoring game. It wasn't like it was just uh Iowa or uh Wisconsin offensive line domination from, from the right. outset. They Nebraska they give was them a game more inspired. They were they definitely were playing inspired. Uh this is a team that's not quitting. They wouldn't go away in this game, and I give them credit for that. Um, couple things to point out. The the desert people. Oh my god, they were dialed in. Mm-hmm. So we got this. We we took Nebraska in the eighteen points. Yep. Wisconsin won by seventeen. Yep. And by the way, there was a lot of sites that had it at seventeen. Really? Another one that was crazy. A lot of sites had the over under right around sixty five. No kidding. Sixty five points total. Wow. In the game, it's just kind of incredible with us. But so in, in the end, pretty much what we expected. I thought, like I said, there was a sliver of hope that maybe. Um, um, Nebraska would get up early, you know, kind of get Wisconsin on its heels. Just didn't play out like that. It pretty much played out the other way we kind of expected. So this moves Wisconsin to four and one overall with the only loss, obviously being that, uh, confusing, uh, mm. BYU loss. They're two and zero in the big 10. They are ranked 15th overall Scott Frost and Nebraska with the loss goes to O and five overall, O and three in the Big Ten. Ain't nobody thought the Nebraska Scott Frost era was going to start out like this. No, and you know we we kind of we had lower expectations of this team, but even neither of us would have predicted O and five, and that ties their their worst start in school history, nineteen forty five. They also started O and five, so if they lose next week, that'll be a, a record setter as well. And Scott Frost is their coach. Just want to point that out. So all right. On to what we picked, an ABC pick to be the Big Ten game of the week. Michigan, 42, Maryland, 21. Michigan with 465 yards of total offense to Maryland's only 220 yards. You know, Mm. we ask every week if we get Michigan or Michigan. We kind of got Michigan at first, yeah, but then it was Michigan after that. Something to point out here at – Right at the end of the third quarter, okay? Right at mm-hmm. the end of the third quarter, the total yardage was 49 total yards of offense to Maryland to just short of 400. Oh, Lord, I didn't even realize that. What people saw at the beginning was um, there was a bad Shea Patterson interception mm-hmm. and a, an amazing Ty Johnson uh, kickoff return yep. for a touchdown. That guy is insane on special teams. Yep. Because of that, it was a it was a seven to three Maryland lead at that point. After that, which was basically the end of the first quarter, Michigan just threw uh, Maryland into the to the pressure cooker yep. and just and just killed them. So the Maryland offense did not even score until the fourth quarter. Correct. So this game was not even as close as it looks on the scoreboard. It was, I, it was I, more than a twenty one point victory. It was more than a twenty one point victory. Now. They did cover. I mean, that was a 17-point spread. They did cover. Yeah, yep. that's right. Hey, good, good point. Yep. Um, now, in the preview episode, I said for them to win this game, they're going to have to get a little bit of run game going, but then they're going to have to throw the ball. I, I, they could. They really don't even. Think. But they don't even try to throw the ball. They, um, uh, Hill was seven of thirteen passing. Thirteen attempts. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, he's been underwhelming this year, hasn't he? he? Well, I, is he the most hot and cold? Yeah, at least quarterback in in the Big Ten this and year. By like, the it, way, I think their offensive line was healthy for this game. Yeah, Prince but, and Gray are the ones that have been banged up. By at the least way, Michigan's Prince out there. defensive line wasn't healthy. Rashawn Gary right. didn't suit up for the game. They lost another D tackle uh, in the second quarter. It didn't make any difference. The front seven of Michigan, and then mm-hmm. throwing their DBs as well. I don't think poor blame Canada. Offensive coordinator Matt yep. Canada had any idea what to do by, no. by the middle of the second quarter to try to get an offense going. No, he didn't. And conversely, boy, I tell you, if I'm playing Michigan, I don't let Patterson get out of the pocket ever. Well, that guy just kills you. 
when he, he's on the yeah. Um, he it is interesting to what I, I would I would it would be fascinating to sit down and have a conversation with Jim Harbaugh for many reasons. One of the things I would love to know is how exactly do you have this offense pictured in your head if it was yeah. ideal? Is do you, I know what people aren't seeing with Michigan as far as the the Michigan fans or just people that want to nitpick Michigan? They want to see their offensive line just absolutely dominating games, yep. dominating the running game. It's good. I mean, Kron Higdon yep. and, the, and the Michigan offensive line, I think, has definitely took a step up from where certainly it's been in the last couple years. For sure. Um, but it's not dominant. It, it's not dominant. Yeah. And, and I wonder if because of that, it is harder for them to get what Harbaugh typically likes to do, which is play action and stuff right. like that. You can tell that they try to take shots with that. But here's sure. what happens. And this is why I think – uh, Shea Patterson should get a little bit more credit maybe than he's getting. Mm-hmm. It, it it just doesn't seem to be that the play action is there. So what's he do? He just gets out of the pocket, yeah. makes something happen, and he's making them good. Yeah, he's he's lethal when he is on the run. I mean, <laughs> but and then, but then that kind of gets back to my you know if I had a question for Jim Harbaugh because it's kind of like why don't you just roll him out all the time? He he just he just throws a better ball and he's moving his feet. He does. Around. I, I mean, it's, he just looks way more comfortable throwing the ball yes it, and, but, and, and then the, the the person he tries to get the ball to is jonathan people jones he's he's a good he's like a, a stud 10 wide receiver um also maryland played a sloppy game 12 penalties 107 yards they had two guys ejected for targeting saw that almost back to back yeah the one was actually kind of bad trey watson's did you see that oh, one your boy that's my guy yeah transfer from from illinois who's having a fantastic year by the way um it looked like out of frustration. I mean, didn't even need to hit the guy and just like lowered his the crown right onto the guy's helmet. So that was that one. I'll let the refs let have that, that one. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, uh, uh, Big Kurt is the targeting czar of the college football world. Yes. All right. So, although um, I think the NFL might have made a worse rule. Yeah. I tweeted the other day, and one of our listeners, I said, "Name me a worse rule than targeting." And one of our listeners said, "The NFL." The it new is. NFL sack rule. And I said, it's ridiculous. Okay, good it is point. Worse. It so is worse. it is worse. So we only have the second worst rule in all of sports. So this will recap the, the, the scores or the record. So, okay, the win moves Michigan to 5-1 and one mm-hmm. overall, 3-0 and oh in the Big Ten. They're ranked 12th. Maryland uh, loss moves them to 3-2, and 1-1 one and one in the Big Ten. Um, okay, Michigan. Okay. Absolutely, physically – Dominated mm-hmm. Maryland without a doubt through three quarters yes. until they just kind of called off. Yeah, the then they got type bored. Of, t- 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 type of deal. Right. Okay. They're ranked twelfth. Right. Michigan's only loss it's on the road in a true road game mm-hmm. to a Notre Dame team, which might be the second best team in the country right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're in the they're in the team picture. Sure. Okay. They're in the team picture. That too much. All right. Texas. Big. So now we're moving on outside mm-hmm. the Big Ten yep. into the Texas has a good win. Okay, obviously it is a really good win going into Norman and beating Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But they shoot all the way up right past Michigan into the top 10 because apparently pollsters just have to have whatever they can have <laughs> to get Texas, quote unquote, back. Is yeah. Texas back. But why don't they want Michigan back? Uh, well, I and I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying. Have we just completely forgot about the fact that Maryland didn't beat Texas last year? Oh, wait. Yes, they did beat him last year. The whole point I'm trying to make, we're not going off a loss from a year and a half ago. Right. Maryland beat Texas this year. And it, I, it, it, it happened. It happened six weeks ago. I watched the game. And I can't make sense of this Maryland team. I just don't know what to think of them. And and certainly they are hot and cold. I, I, yeah. I get that. I can't make sense of the pollsters in, in general. Like, And that's why we should probably just start using the rankings like from the athletic or hopefully this will mm-hmm. get somewhat uh, uh, worked out once the college football selection committee because I think they do a better job of just – taking the whole body of work and and doing things like yeah. that um well the polls it's just, are, it's just stupid i mean how, how the polls are stupid how since and, and i know that the thing is what do you care the polls don't matter they still kind of matter it matters they matter a little bit it, yeah it, it's you always hear the stats so many weeks without being ranked okay well if polls never matter how come people that write for yahoo sports or your spn yeah. r- bring up something along the lines of have has it been ranked since 2015 or something like that yeah i mean I, so it matters it does matter. I I personally ignore them though. 
because I, I don't trust I don't I trust the coaches by them, as you can probably tell by the I don't trust the coaches right to vote for him but I, I don't tr- trust the writers either I trust yeah. the writers a little bit more but not that much um yeah Kyler Murray amazing but he can't tackle uh over 400 yards <laughs> of total offense Texas I mean my brother was texting me at some point in the game he's like you know what Oklahoma does not deserve to be called the second best team in the country. And this was before the the final score even hit. Okay. He's like, this defense is awful. Mm-hmm. They're they're not even in the in the picture half the time. Yeah, if you just that, how do you how does Oklahoma not have a better defense? I understand, that's a good question. I understand there are times when all of a sudden you have a, a mass exodus to the mm-hmm. to the NFL, an injury or two or something like that. This has been a bad defense for like three yeah, years. Well, yeah, last year that was their Achilles heel. I mean, that's. Georgia exploited that defense like crazy in in the playoff game. Yeah, so that's it's certainly not their so strength another, right now. So another thing I want to point out is uh, um, I got into a little bit of a Twitter, you know, scruff up. It was more fun. I mean, it wasn't that sure. big a deal, but there was uh, a random ranking of of conferences, and this ranking had the SEC first, which I begrudgingly would have to admit probably is is the case. Although I could. Pull holes in that too. Then they had <laughs> Big Twelve second. Okay, yeah. So, so I sit there and I'm like, what? Okay, I'm gonna start taking the top to the bottom. Now it's tough okay. because, of course, in this weird world we're in right now, the Big Twelve has ten teams and the Big Ten yep. has fourteen teams. So you got to leave out four teams. You got to kind of pick out how that goes. It's kind of odd, but uh, basically, the you start from the top and you kind of match up teams. You mm-hmm. go from the bottom. So, sure. So. We have data points here, okay? There's been four teams, four games between, between the Big Ten sure. and the Big 12. What's the one game the Big Ten lost? Rutgers. Lowly, lowly Rutgers got beat by Kansas. To Kansas, okay? yeah. Iowa With... beat Iowa State. I saw Correct. it. Correct. Ohio State beat TCU. Yep. I saw it. Maryland beat Texas. Yep. I saw it. That is three wins of the Big Ten over the teams right now. Sure. I mean, at the time, this was before the the game started. I I think I said I think Ohio State would beat Oklahoma. They scoffed at me. Okay, I think Ohio State freaking beats Oklahoma right now. Oh, I do too. Penn State, West Virginia. You know what? I originally gave that to Penn State. I would begrudgingly say even, but I still. I think Penn State wins that game. I th- I, yeah, I I think so too. Yeah. If I'm trying to be yeah very judicious about this, maybe it's yep. even. West Virginia didn't even look good beating Kansas yesterday. West Virginia hasn't played anybody. No. Yet. Let's wait until the the second half of their schedule when they get into the tougher games in the Big Twelve. And I'm not buying actually. them defensively. Right. I just don't think they're going to have the athletes defensively to match up with a, a team like Penn State. Correct. Michigan, uh, uh, I, better than TCU. TCU does I think not so. have a good quarterback this year. Yeah. They're not that good. Uh, Maryland beat Texas. Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. I gave that one an equal. No way. Wisconsin Wisconsin's wins that game. Sure. Because, by the way, Oklahoma State got beat by Iowa State, which got beat by Iowa. I would I put Iowa over Iowa State. Uh, Texas Tech, Sparty. I don't know. Yeah. Even, I don't know. Indiana, Baylor. I said even. Yeah, probably. Um, they made me throw Illinois in there, buddy. I had Minnesota I was, first. I was hoping we'd get the bye. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't. I had to throw you back in there. Who, who did we lose had, to? I originally had <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> – Equal to K State, they okay. made me throw Illinois in there, so I took. But I got to be honest. Who'd you put Illinois up against? Uh, K State. K State. Okay. What do you think? K State wins that game. I don't know. I, it'd be they look pretty bad. K State does not look good. No, right they now. don't. It'd be interesting. To see. And then we know Rutgers is worse than uh, Kansas because they might yes. be the the, the well, worst we, we, power five. We proved that this year. Yeah. So, okay, quick little rant there. Another one game to point out. Yeesh, Notre Dame rolls, goes into Blacksburg and rolls Virginia Tech. I, I was watching a big chunk of this game, too. Notre Dame was by far the better. Were they? Oh, I didn't watch any of it. Yeah. Since they've had Ian Book at quarterback. They are yeah, it's a new team, right? Good, they're playing some pretty good college football yeah, right now. They're not bad. I mean, I think everybody's got to slow the roll a little bit with saying how Notre Dame's just going to win out. This is college football, after all. Weird things yep. can happen. Weird injuries can happen, whatever. But right now... As time rolls on, we'll probably talk about how this plays into the college football playoffs a little bit. But it's it's looking crazy right now. I'm really curious to see what happens if they do go undefeated. Well, they're in. They're in, I know. And and the fact that you now have – we'll we'll talk about that because you could not only have two conferences, you could have three, which would be insane. Um, Horrible, horrible uh, uh, 
tough loss for Florida State. <laughs> Winning that game almost the entire time. Yeah. And then boom, they were boom, up. Miami comes down and Florida State Mercy. back into the pit of misery where he talked about Iowa State taking down Oklahoma State. That was kind of crazy. And then, oh, my gosh, I, I was listening to um, – uh, a, a national sports talk guy this this morning when I was in my car, and he called. This was pretty interesting, I thought. But he with LSU, mm-hmm. um, Florida getting beat or Florida beating Florida. LSU, yep. Mississippi State uh, taking down Auburn. Auburn. He flat out called LSU and Auburn frauds. He wow. said I I thought they were frauds. Week two, week three, week four. Yeah. Now we had it more proven. That's maybe a little bit. Harsh, but I definitely think there is a, a part you could say that they were overrated. Auburn has sure. never looked that good no, the, they have the not. whole year. I, I just don't think they're that good. That's their second mm-hmm. loss now. Of course, they're still ranked at four and two because, you know, why wouldn't they? And then, of course, sure. Florida shot all the way up after just beating oh. LSU. I'm not buying Florida. I just think after – I think it's shaping up a lot like last year was yeah. for the SEC. Mm-hmm. Alabama is freaking Alabama, okay? Death taxes, freaking Alabama, okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia is yep. good. I still am a little, just like a little peg down than what maybe some teams or some. You don't have them as, as high as most. Uh, I just think they're right in the same boat with Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame. I, I mean, they're, they're not they're, Alabama for no, sure. No, no. And then from there down, I will admit that. The absolute bottom of the SEC is still pretty salty, mm-hmm. but you should be playing the crappy non-conference schedules that right. the SEC plays, and they play four powder puffs almost exclusively across the board. I mean, you look at Alabama's quote-unquote big uh, when they had Louisville is a dumpster fire yeah, rolling are. downhill. They're like, terrible. I mean, Alabama hasn't played anybody yet. Anyway, long story short, from team three to fourteen in the SEC, it's pretty I'm not pedestrian. There are horrible teams no they're, they're but just, it's pedestrian they're, they're all seven and five eight right. four teams to me correct that's just, that's just what it is very top heavy and they'll probably get two teams in the playoff again which again i mean i i get fired up for the conference talk because it just gets old and annoying but the fact of the matter is we don't pick uh we don't pick conferences to represent in the college football playoff you pick teams yeah and that's and that's come down to well that's what it sh- all of this should come down to is teams i don't know what changed in the last 10, 15 years where now it seems conference talk is more interesting than team talk? It was the BCS and, and SEC era yeah. being married together like yeah. that. And, of course, with ESPN literally signing on the dotted line, yep. putting a ring on put a ring on it. That's what that's mm-hmm. what S, uh, ESPN did with the SEC, and that's where it came from. But anyways, okay, I think that probably uh, gets us through the, the, the slate of games. Yep, that wraps it up. Um, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and thanks for listening. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you, talk to you soon. All right, bye.